Jump Cut by Libby Fisher-Hellman is a beautifully crafted mystery with an engaging heroine that will satisfy both fans of the Ellie Foreman mystery series and readers like me who are new to the series. In a world where hundreds of new books are released every day, how can readers find yours? I'm Stephen Campbell. I'm the CEO of Camven Media. What we do is provide digital assets and strategies to help authors find and keep new readers and fans. That's the way I pay the bills. But in this show, you and I indulge our shared love of mysteries and crime novels by spending time with the people who write them. Are you ready? Let's get this show rolling. Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Libby Fisher-Hellman, the award-winning author of Jump Cut, the long-anticipated fifth novel in her Ellie Foreman mystery series, which was just released. Libby, welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure to chat with you. I think you and I travel in similar digital circles because I have been seeing you online for years and we've never chatted. I've, I've sort of had you on my list of people that I wanted to talk to for, for quite a while, and I'm, I'm thrilled to finally have the opportunity to do it with this book. Well, thanks. You know, when I saw your name and when I looked at your photos, I, I, I know you look familiar. I don't know. If, have we met? No, we've never met, but I, I think that we have similar interests and, and, and uh, we do similar things. I know you have a, a blog talk radio show. Yep. And so, you know, we're just in those similar circles. So I see your stuff all the time and I suspect you've seen mine from time to time as well. Yeah, I have. I have. Well, and it's just kind of one of those weird digital things. You see that picture and it, it, it shows up in your mind when you see it. You go, oh, I know that person. But of course you yeah. really don't. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right, so let's talk about Jump Cut. I've had the opportunity to read the book, and I really enjoyed it. I haven't read any of the uh, the previous books, but I like I you know I have a thing for video right now. I'm really interested in it. So the whole idea of a book titled Jump Cut and uh, and a main character who does what Ellie does is is very interesting to me. So let's let's talk a bit about Ellie, what she does, and then we'll get into the book a little bit. Okay. Um, Ellie is a video producer in Chicago. She used to work in TV news, but um, I think I get into it in Jump Cut, why she left TV news not quite of her own volition. But anyway, she started working in corporate videos and has been doing that forever on a freelance basis. And it, um, it kind of mirrors what I used to do. I mean, it's exactly what I used to do. (laughs) I did notice that from your biography. (laughs) Write what you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but she's, you know, people always ask me if if, um, we're alike, and we have similar um, careers, and she lives on the North Shore of Chicago, and I live on the North Shore of Chicago, and she has a daughter, and I have a daughter, but we're nothing alike. (laughs) Um, you know, she's braver and a little more impulsive and a little more courageous than me. Um, she's taller and thinner and has black hair. Um, and I also have a son and, um, I'm like a little old lady. I live in white picket fence land, you know, I'm, and I'm very, very cautious. Like for, for example, the other night my burglar alarm went off and I was like panicked for, for about 10 minutes until I realized that it was just my front door, which of course I had not locked properly that had made it go off. So 
That's how we're different. <laughs> yeah, who knows what Ellie might have done. You know, there you obviously come from a, a business background. I saw that in in your bio, some of the things that you've done and, you know, in it you were in journalism and you've done a number of different things, but there's one scene that just totally stuck out to me in the book and I, I won't get into the specifics of it. But Ellie's in a boardroom showing a video with all these big shots around, and it's not going well. And the hair on my arm stood up because I've been in presentations like that where, you know, you just start going into your pitch and you can just look around the room and see this is a disaster. (laughs) Well, you just made me spit out my soda (laughs) after when you said it was not going well. It's kind of the understatement of the year. (laughs) But I do have been in, in meetings just like that where, you know, you get four or five people, all very top executives, and they have to approve something. Thing, and there's always got to be someone that's got a problem with it. So. Yes, and there's always somebody in the room that's the champion. And when the champion is sort of uh, biting their lip and not saying anything, it's like, uh-oh, we've got a problem here. Yeah, you know you're in deep doo-doo, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens early on in the story. And, in fact, that that is the um, you know motivation for everything that happens after that. So yeah, let's let's talk about the story now. And you know, we've we've sort of set, set it up a little bit. She's a she does she does videos. She's doing videos for a defense contractor and and someone who not just a defense contractor, but someone who builds airplanes. And you know, it's a big, 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 huge company. And this is sort of a puff piece video. Right. This is a not so thinly veiled version of Boeing, which has <laughs> its. Um, Headquarters, although I'll deny it if anyone catches me on it. It's not Boeing. It's not Boeing. It's not. <laughs> um, and uh, their headquarters are in a beautiful skyscraper down in the loop. And this is just a plum assignment for Ellie because, you know, the company has pretty much an unlimited has unlimited revenues, and so she can really do a great job on this video. And it is kind of the softer side of Delcroft. She's doing the consumer side, and they've got all these new airplanes with, you know, Wi-Fi and wonderful seats and seats that recline 180 degrees so that, you know, and so they want to to show that. And so Ellie's come up with what she thinks is a very original concept of doing little videos on the web in addition to putting together, you know, a video that can be shown to prospects and stuff. Um, so she thinks she's, you know, she's got it and, you know, they did a great job or she thinks she's done a good job on the first few little videos. Um, and so they have an, a, a meeting to approve it. And um, that's when the sparks start to fly. And she starts to realize that Delcroft um, is a huge kind of pool of all sorts of uh, products and revenues. And the consumer side is just the tip of the iceberg. All right. You're bringing Ellie back after a 10-year wait. I'm curious. And it's also, interestingly enough, a big part of the message for the book. Essentially, the 10-year wait is over. So you're sort of spinning the idea of the 10-year wait on its head and and making it a positive. At least for me, when I saw it, it's like, as soon as I read it, it's like, oh, I want to read this book because the 10-year wait is over. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so it worked that, on me. <laughs> well, I didn't expect that. And then all of a sudden I was just sort of talking with someone and she said to me, how long has it been? And I said, you know, I think it's been 10 years. And she said, really? And and after I realized that it had been, she said, well, you got to make that, you got to do something with that. And so we, like, we came up with that. And so, why did you decide to bring her back after 10 years? Because you've written other things. You have another series. Why did you go back to Ellie? The story. It was the story. There was nobody else that could anchor. Once I decided to do something about espionage in, the, in what I call the post-Snowden era, mm-hmm. there was nobody that was going to be able to anchor it and, and deal with it as well as Ellie because she is fundamentally interested in um, justice and privacy and security and how you balance all of that. That's more her personality. My other series character, Georgia, would not be all that interested in the issues and certainly wouldn't have the access to a company like Delcroft the way Ellie does. As a person of a certain age, I am of a certain age. I suspect you and I are roughly the same age, Uh, although you're probably a decade or so younger than I am. I I shouldn't have put it that way. Uh, but anyway, I know that when I'm writing something, if, if, if I have to look back on something from a year ago, I can't remember any of the details. How do you, how do you keep the character fresh in your mind after a 10-year break? She never left my mind. Uh, she was just always there, kind of waiting in the waiting in the wings to, to come back. Um, I needed to leave her in the ditch. Because basically, I wrote her first person. Okay. And once I started to realize that I was going to concentrate much more heavily in thrillers and in suspense, first person became a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really did want to go from, you know, right from different points of view. I think it would, you know, it's just more suspenseful and it's more interesting for the reader. So that was limiting me. The fact that she was an amateur sleuth was limiting me. Um, I was really turning, by the fourth book, I was turning backflips, trying to come up (laughs) with an original idea for her to get involved in investigating a murder because video producers just don't triple over dead bodies every Mm -hmm. day. So um, I had introduced Georgia Davis in the Ellie series as a police officer And I managed to get her suspended at the end of one of the Ellie books and kept her, you know, and because I always knew I was going to write about her, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't write a police procedural. I wasn't a cop and I didn't want to be subject to the same, you know, rigorous examination that cops would have of my police procedure. So I made her a P.I. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's an interesting point because uh, those those procedurals are rigorously <laughs> examined, and yes. you, you can't make those uh, silly mistakes. Right, and uh, and although I probably could have done it, I did write one police procedural. Um, I didn't want to have to be saddled with it the whole time, and you know, and Georgia was a great, is a great character. I'm gonna go. You know, I wrote I wrote about with both of them in Double Back. One of the reasons it's called Doubleback is that Ellie and Georgia are together solving a crime, the same crime, but they're very different people. And um, depending on where I am in life, I'll pick up one and now the other again. 
Uh, do you have any sense of uh, the, the crossover, the amount of crossover in your audience for the two different series? In general, if somebody likes Ellie, will they like Georgia? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I think so. I I can tell you without any hesitation that writing Georgia has expanded my readership um, to people who really do like dark thrillers mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, heinous crimes of murder. Um, but the buzz on Junk Cut has absolutely been, uh, I've been really surprised that people really were and are interested in reading another Ellie book. Well, it's, it's, it's the whole 10-year wait thing. <laughs> I, I thought they'd forgotten about her. They just didn't care anymore. You know, it is it is an amazing thing and, and such a blessing to those of us who love to read when a, a series that we've enjoyed goes away and they can come back now. Whereas years before, if, if, if a series was traditionally published and the contract ended, you'd never see another another. Right episode of the story it was just dead and now we see these characters coming back and it's 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 always a thrill oh well thanks i um i I was even more surprised when poison pen expressed an interest in publishing the print version because they had done my earlier ellie books Mm -hmm. and i thought they might do the georgia books but it didn't quite work out that way so um when i saw uh, Bob, uh, Rob, and Barbara at a at a conference. I sort of just kind of said, "Well, you know, I'm thinking of doing the new Ellie book. What do you think?" And it was like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> and there they were. So there they are. So it 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 turned out really well. All right. Now things have changed a little bit in the last decade in in terms of the way video works. And as it someone is. who was in the business years ago. Um, are you are you still in the business, or how did you refresh your your own mind about how everything worked now, a decade later? I am not in the business anymore, but one of my closest friends is. She has her own video uh, company, and she's got an Avid in her basement, and she started to do her own editing. So I have kept up and asked her questions and asked some of the people I used to work with who are still in the field questions if I need to. Um, the biggest change has been from analog to digital, and mm-hmm. I I stopped doing uh, video right when it was all changing. So I'm hopelessly behind. It, do you feel like it's easier now or more difficult? Oh, it's much easier. Okay. I, I have iMovie, okay, on my yes. Mac, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is what I love because my favorite part of video production was editing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the magic happens is when you're in the editing room. And now I have it on my Mac. The only problem is I'm so impatient that I didn't want and I haven't really spent the time to learn everything that it can do. And I probably should get final. What is it? Final Pro? Final or? Cut Pro. Yeah. Final Cut Pro, because that's even more powerful. But, you know, I'm, I'm only doing teeny little videos here and there. So. All right. Well, we have been chatting with Libby Fisher-Hellman about her new book, Jump Cut. Libby, where can listeners find the book? It's all over. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere. Fine books are sold. It's everywhere. You know, we really haven't talked about some of the issues in in the book. Um, I will just say that um, 
Getting her involved with an aviation company opened the door to all sorts of surveillance and um, post-Snowden-type surveillance, um, hackers, drones, which is a which is an important subplot mm-hmm. in the story, and of course um, contractors who are ex-CIA spooks and otherwise other types of uh, spies. It's interesting because you you mentioned when you left the series how difficult it was for you to come up with a new story, but obviously that wasn't the case with this one because it's enriched with all those different elements. It is. It was right there. I knew I wanted to write about it. And there's an audiobook version of this as well? Yes, there's an audio, there's a a trade paperback, and an e-book. And the audio is available on Audible and iTunes and, and Amazon. The ebook is available on all the platforms. And uh, the trade paperback is, of course, available all over as well. Anywhere. So if you like to buy books yes. at bookstores, independent bookstores, you can go in. And if they don't have it, request it. They will, they will get it for you. Where can people find you online, Libby? At LibbyHellman.com. Two L's, two N's in Hellman. Like the mayonnaise? <laughs> All right. I will link to that in the show notes as, as well as link to places where people can buy the book. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Stephen. It was a pleasure.